Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi, Brad. Hey, Jonah. How's it going, man? It's going okay. I haven't eaten anything today, but I've drank so much Stumptown coffee here at Rubber Tracks. Woohoo! I feel like I've been double hang- shout out there. I've been hanging here a lot lately. And yeah, it feels it's just good. Your home yeah. away from home. This is my home away from home. And your office, yeah, pending any office. Yeah, it is. It is. I got an office here. Um, but yeah, I've been podcasting a lot. It's been good. We're glad to have you here. Thanks, Brad. I feel you raise, you know, you raise the level of quality of the Rubber Tracks experience when you're here. Really? I feel the opposite. But, <laughs> but it's nice to hear you say that. What's uh what's new with you? Ah, oh, what's new? Whew. <laughs> it's oh, summer. There's a few summer, things. Summer's winding down. A few things in the works we'll probably start talking about soon. Yeah. Not today. Yeah. Um, How do you feel about uh, spring? Spring around the corner happening now? It's fall. It's fall. Wait, <laughs> after summer, it's fall? <laughs> after summer, it isn't spring? <laughs> it could be whatever you want it to be. I know that winter and summer are separated. Are you on your way to the Southern Hemisphere? <laughs> you going to Australia? Fall. Oh, yeah, fall. I guess, yeah, no, I knew that. Fall. <laughs> like, back to school. Leaves, leaves, <laughs> trees. Yeah, yeah. Little NYU students invading NYU students everything. Invading. Yeah, they're taking over, huh? I almost ran over like like a whole army of them. I was taking a car back. I was taking my fucking rental car back to like Broadway and 11th Street. And as I was coming up 13th, they were just like, there's a dorm there on like 2nd Avenue. And I don't know what, I, I don't know what they'd heard, but they were like flooding the streets, just joyous little freshman it looked like who'd never who'd never been who'd never seen an automobile <laughs> didn't know how dangerous they were yeah so i managed to refrain from mowing them down good that's but, good you know they're still innocent i give them till they're sophomores to get their shit together how much do you do you feel nyu is responsible for the east village? for all evils of for, the, for the east village <laughs> becoming so everything cool kind of disappearing and so many sports bars and banks or do you just feel like that's sort of like the natural evolution of someone nah, worth a lot of money natural evolution yeah i mean higher education is a great thing but 
NYU owns more real estate in Manhattan than any other commercial entity, including the T word. They own so much. So I don't know if that's good or bad, but one would think that it's bad. (laughs) (laughs) Big business bad. I I like how I like I like how Brad explains things, explains things, and then lets you make up your own decision. (laughs) Anyway, Um, yeah. Got any clever segues? Because I'm I'm out of ammo here. Yeah. (laughs) All right, we covered fall. New York real estate. Do you know what comes after fall, Jonah? Fall? Uh, yeah, then I guess it would have to be winter. That's right. Then spring. That's right. Then summer. Yeah, and you know what? It does. It, then it does it over and over again, endlessly. Right, right, right. It's I've, an endless I've, cycle. I've only been through it 36 times, <laughs> so I'm still getting the hang of it. You might not have been paying too much attention. You know what's really annoying, though? Uh, I'm almost ready to start, but this is really annoying, too, when someone's like, when I'm like, ugh, this summer feels like it's, or like, oh, it's finally spring or something. She's like, well, technically it's actually summer for three more days. It's like, yeah, dude, I know it's cold now though. Like, uh, yeah. Okay, mister, you have an b- updated calendar. Yeah. The calendar thing is it's super just anno- annoying. It's just because it never pe- lines up with it any, it never lines up with and any th- part of the country that I know of like, you know what I mean? Like, oh, it's the first day of summer and it's usually like, what is it? The first day of summer is like July 12th yeah, or something. Yeah, <laughs> And then when whoever's saying it's like things are so smart. It's like, oh, wow, you know how to read a calendar. <laughs> yeah, it's an annoying statistic. It is an annoying statistic. And it shouldn't, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a, like we it's know. It's annoying to hear it. We know what you mean. Because we know it's wrong. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's at like at five o'clock going like, hey, it's the first hour of night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, yeah. It's not nighttime. It's not nighttime. Like technically, technically, maybe it is, but it might or, be dark. Yeah, but it's not nighttime. Yeah, like I'm. Yeah, I'm not gonna like call you. Like be like, Brad, I'll see you tomorrow, and then like call you at midnight. But it's tomorrow. <laughs> Come on, you just did that. I know. I did. I guess I did. <laughs> Anyways, uh, that was a weird intro. Uh, today in the podcast, <laughs> Zach Faro. Uh, you may know Zach. I met Zach when he was uh, playing drums in a band called Paramore, who were a pretty small band when I met them. Then became a super huge band they are today. Pretty small, pretty young. Pretty small, pretty, pretty young. Pretty new, pretty fresh. Pretty fresh. Zach was in the band with his brother, Josh. And uh, Zach uh, left the band, I guess, like maybe like four years ago. I don't, I don't have all the info in front of me. Left. He left the band a little while ago um, and started his own band. Uh, Half Noise. Mm-hmm. They have a record out that just came out this month called Sudden Feeling. And uh, yeah, he had posted a photo of him with Paramore, with Haley from Paramore, when around the time that we recorded this. And then afterwards, it sort of came out that Zach was going to be playing with them again. So I'm not sure. Reunited. Reunited. I'm not sure if he's a so member good. just playing with them. But yeah. He's so definitely he, doing shows with them. He's doing shows with them, which is cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, with him and, and Haley and Taylor, so that's great. And uh, he's also got this other project um, that's kind of his own thing, which just came out that he's been working on for a really long time, which is also cool. So we talked about all that stuff. We talked about Zach living in Nashville, kind of the early days of Paramore, how this project came together. Um, and yeah, all kinds of fun stuff. Zach is is a super... It's a good podcast. You should They should listen to yeah, it. Yeah, just listen to it. Zach is, is a... It's just interesting getting the perspective of someone who's been in like a big band since they were like 14 years old. And he's to me, got that's a damn good attitude to, be, he does, to, to boot. Yeah, he's got a great attitude. And I think uh, 
just his career is just getting started. Absolutely. So yeah, without any any further babbling, uh, Zach Farrow, I'm going off track. So I went down to Nashville, like, whatever, like, two years ago, looking at studios and looked at, like, um, Welcome to 1970, what is it, 1977? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was all vintage gear. Yeah, which is a beautiful spot. It's really cool. But then, like, and and I had tried to check out RCA once before, right before, um, right when they were in danger of being closed. And Mm. somebody told me, oh, yeah. like Yeah, that's right. They got shut down. They're going to make it into condos. But then when I was when I came back the second time, they're like, "Oh no, RCA got saved!" Like this magic story. Yeah, yeah. Like, I think it's like a Cinderella story. And I even met the guy. This guy ben, you met Cinderella. <laughs> <laughs> I met this guy Aubrey, who's yeah, like this Aubrey. He's like he came he's in. a dude that's like runs like Leapers Fork, which is like an old town and like below Franklin where I grew up. And oh really? Yeah, he just like preserves a bunch of land, so it's really cool. I think Ben Folds had something to do with yeah, it as ben well. Yeah, Ben was leasing the studio because he was for like, yeah, because he did a lot of recording there. But uh, I love that. Studio. So cool, like Jolene from uh, um, Yeah Dolly well, Parton. You know what? Recorded there. So Jolene and I will always love you. Were both recorded the same day in that studio. It's insane. It's actually like. So amazing in there. The yeah. control room's a little weird, dude. It's the but, fucking Abbey Road of. of I mean, I. I, I it is. Man. I think it's, it's more iconic than Abbey Road because Abbey Road had the Beatles, and obviously, there's been a big statement. Major, major, like British bands have recorded there, but like that is just as iconic as Abbey Road. Like, uh, really, they, dude? It was built for Elvis Presley. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't know that. Like I, I Elvis, believe- the Beatles. I don't oh, know. I would definitely still pick the Beatles, but yeah, yeah. Elvis. I can't believe that Jolene was recorded the same day that Whitney Houston recorded. I will always love you. So chill. Yeah, I mean, they move faster. Yeah, my yeah. timeline is so screwed up. The second in that studio is so chill. <laughs> Actually, he is the man. His name is Kevin. He's real good. I mean, yeah. I mean, I so yeah. I went down there and spent a week down there doing this pop up. That's crazy, and, man. And that's awesome. It's where I was last week. Um. All right, we'll stop geeking out right. on RCA Studios. Okay. Should hey, we start this podcast? Let's start this podcast. <laughs> okay, here we are with Zach Farrow. Did I pronounce that right? Farrow? Yeah, Farrow. That's Farrow? right. Okay. Yeah, like the Egyptians only spell different. If I can guess myself. Yeah. Uh, how's it going? It's going good, man. It's hot in New York, but it's, it's nice. It's hot here. Yeah, it's cool to walk around. We got Brad. <laughs> we got Tyler from A Great Big Pile of Leaves hanging on the couch. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> um, yeah, it is hot. It de- well, so you still live in Tennessee. Yeah. That's and what this, we were talking about before you walked in. It's like, reminds me of Tennessee. The weather? Yeah, because it's, it's, I don't know if it's as humid as Nashville. Cause Na- I mean, Nashville gets gnarly, dude. It's like a, it feels like a mouth when you walk outside. Oh, good. But, um, yeah, I've never been there in the summer. Maybe I should have said that before dude, I it's, talked about it's wild. I was there for Spring, Bonnaroo. Yeah. And that was pretty intense. Pretty he- heavy down there. Yeah. That's like peak summer. Yeah. Um, yeah, Bonnaroo just happened. And yeah, man, it's, it's like beautiful in the spring and beautiful in the fall, but the winter and summer, like the majority of the time is like really brutal. <laughs> I think that your summer is not as, uh, is a little bit more mild than Nashville or Tennessee, but your winter is like a bit worse. But I just feel like even just the weather, it's like coming here. It's like used to be on the train with all these people. Like I'm carrying all this shit. Like I mm. feel like even if it was hotter, if I could just get in my car, oh, turn dude, the AC and drive to Trader Joe's. But that's the thing. It's so, it's so cold everywhere. It's insane. Like 
it, the contrast from going inside, like if you're at the studio yeah. or like if you're going to Trader Joe's, it's like 69 inside of Trader Joe's and like 105 outside. Yeah. Yeah. Not that. But you're just like, why isn't anything said at like 78? Not, yeah. This is my biggest I pet agree. peeve. You know, it's like, I agree. It's like, why do you make the temperature in the summer colder than you would in the winter? That's exactly. It should I be have, the same temperature. I have mine set at 75, 76 in my house. Thank you. All right. This is a huge pet peeve of mine. And the worst is, so it's not so bad if you just walk into a store and you're in there for 10 minutes or something. And right? cooling off is The worst cool. is fucking movie theaters. Yeah. You go so to a movie cold. in the summertime and you freeze your fucking balls off. That's yeah, kind of yeah. why you go there, right? Yeah, but set it but, at like yeah. 72 degrees. Yeah, it's wild. like that. Which is still, yeah. after, if you sit in 72 degrees for two hours in shorts, yeah. you're going to be, you're going to be very cool. Uh, my... Here's another one that drives me crazy, guys. <laughs> uh, why is the music inside bars so loud? Do people go to bars just to yell at their friends? <laughs> Especially the more you drink, the harder it is to talk. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, it's kind of weird. It, do you want another real answer? Because I'll launch into a Brad geek out right here. Yes, sure. Okay. I've done installs in bars okay. for friends of mine who I won't mention because they didn't want to spend as much money as they should have. Generally, the problem with bars is that they put shitty sound systems in. <clears throat> and what fucks you up is the distortion from the speakers. The speakers are too loud. It's not distortion like, like from a guitar speaker. It's not really discernible, but it's like high-end distortion. And it in, it essentially like... Is it the same frequency as speech? That's where most of the distortion occurs. Okay. Mm. And like if you go into like if you go into like a dance club that has a quote unquote five million dollar sound system, you can the bass could be lifting your feet off the floor and you could sit and have a conversation almost at this level. And the reason is A, it's not distorting. B, the system is very full range, so that you have the subs that are filling up the bottom end. You have like very nice high tweeters that are filling up the top end. And there's room in the middle to for your voice to. So it's talk. just in, essentially in the same frequency as how people talk. Yeah, because yeah. shitty cheap speakers project sound at that. Frequency. But it must also be the same. Distort it. I feel like I have DJ places where I'm like, oh, it's the music's so loud in here, I can't hear anyone, and then the music's off, and I'm like, why am I still yelling at you? <laughs> like I don't understand. Because you're deaf. Yeah. <laughs> yeah maybe. You're... Yeah. Maybe the music isn't the problem. Well, also that. if it's really reverberant. Dude, you're talking really loud right now. <laughs> I'm like turned all the way down. Yeah, on the mixer. Like, just going into this mic. <laughs> We're really touching on a lot of my pet peeves here. Today. Yeah, that's cool. here's another bad pet peeve, Zach, and then we'll get into some other stuff. Uh, oh, Brad doesn't like the trend of people wearing sweatpants on, to the airport. <laughs> Especially like dudes and like flopping around. Now you're, just, now you're just okay. Can we talk about taking photos with iPads too? <laughs> oh yeah, that's a bad one. That's more of a treat than a pet peeve. Of that's mine. a treat. It's a treat for me. Yeah, yeah I want to see that. Is it's it just so nice seeing somebody yeah. take a picture with their iPad, it's like holding like a coffee table up? It's so chill. <laughs> what about it. what about when you're playing a show and someone's just on their phone, like in the front? Is that distracting, or are you just you've done enough where you just kind of tune it out? Um. Okay, luckily I haven't played enough like half noise shows to where people I've I, I've been able to like play cool shows where people are like listening, right. or I've been in the back drumming, so I can't really right that's tell true. past the first yeah, yeah. you know. And normally those people are like really stoked if they're all the way at the front, they're not really gonna yeah. be, they're at least taking photos. But I know what you mean. Well, no, I take that back. I was at um, I went on this tour with this band, Paper Out, they're a Nashville band, and I opened up for them as half noise and. Um, but they, man, we played, the whole tour was actually awesome, but we played one show in uh, Las Vegas and we played 
to two people playing pool. Okay. And they loved it so much they quit playing pool and left. <laughs> so it's kind of like it's kind of like someone checking their phone only they were bothered by music so yeah, they yeah. left, which is so nice. Yeah. It was one of my favorite shows. That's cool yeah. that your music could overtake their love of pool. <laughs> it is. It's like, like pissed them off so much that they just were so bothered they had to leave. No, uh, I mean I don't know. It's like if people everybody's on their phone now. It's like yeah. I I have like a problem of like wanting to like when I'm at a coffee like I went to blue bottle before i came here and just to like walk around and um and i just like i go into a coffee shop or go into a restaurant and I have my friend's not there yet and i feel the urge to like like bring my friend out and totally. it's like oh i'm busy but i'm just looking at the same instagram photos i've seen the same tweets i've already seen and then if i'm really desperate i'll open up facebook and see what people are talking about trump and so like i'm just like man I'd like my thing is to just like not check it so I can like feel that awkwardness yeah. kind of thing. Cause well, it, it's, di- I mean, you probably grew, I'm trying to think. So, how old are you now? I'm 26. You're 26. So, like, I feel like when I'm, when I, so I first met you guys on Paramore and you guys were playing that truck, that Shira Girl truck. <laughs> yeah. I was 14. Yeah. That's a long time ago. Yeah. That's crazy. So you're four- I actually say you guys here at the Continental. I don't know if you remember okay. that. It was I don't like that place. on St. Mark's. They used to have a stage in the back. You guys played with like American Hearts. Wait, or Paramore something? played it. Yes, Continental. Yes, holy shit! And this is really probably like that same era. Yeah, but I mean, I, I I don't know if that is that in New York City. It's in New York City. Okay, it's like Sorry, one, it was one of the few like at that point all ages places you could mm. play. But yeah, yeah so I, it's whatever. I met when you we were fourteen. So I'd imagine I remember you guys had like Haley's dad had somehow like wired your van so you could have internet on it because you guys were in school. <laughs> He was like, we've watched. Oh, there was a, there's a, like a laptop with like a thing. Yeah. He was like, but he, I didn't, I did one day of school and then <laughs> got my GED when I stopped touring. <laughs> yeah. That's probably smart. But I remember, yeah, it's like, we have Wi Fi on the, I was like, oh my God, they I think Haley and Josh van. were finishing stuff. Yeah. I think you're right. Teaching myself, I was like, I could either try to do school or I, I could not. Yeah. And I was that chose a hard decision? the other one. Um, to not do school? Yeah. Like, well, were I your felt, parents cool with it? Or, it seemed, I mean, like, I'd imagine, like, just being... kind of like you were gone all the time. So yeah. So they couldn't really... I think they were kind of just, like... It's almost like being a child actor or something. I guess. Like. Yeah, you just kind of, like, kind of go with it, you know? Yeah. And luckily, it, it did well and was cool. So it wasn't, like, this, like... It was a gamble, you know, because right. I dropped out. I probably would have just gone back to homeschool or something, because I grew up going to homeschool and then I went to public school. When did I, you drop out of public school? My freshman year, because okay. I was 14, yeah. Gotcha. So I I went to three-fourths of my... I almost completed my freshman year, but then dropped out. And Man, it was so funny. I remember, like, the in my English class, Miss um, Bell... Mrs. Bell. I don't know if she was married. I can't remember. But she was like, you have to do the ABCs of your life and then pick, like, a letter and you have to read... I was like, am I in second grade? This is insane. <laughs> but I, I picked I picked band because I was like, I don't know. Just got a record deal, Fueled by Ramen. We're going to go tour. I, you know, I just kind of was right. like, I'm going to jump on the tour with these guys. And and she cuts me off in the middle of my speech because I picked B for band or M for music. I can't remember. It doesn't really matter. But she was like, Zach, this is very sweet, honey, but these have to be real events in your life. <laughs> and I was like, okay. And then my friend Jonathan was like, he's serious, Mrs. Bell. And I was like, thanks, Jonathan. Like, like, he's this delusional kid. Yeah, I, was, I know. And I was like, oh, so I feel funny. so dumb. Because it did, I was like, actually saying it out loud, I was like, this sounds so stupid. But I am doing it. And then I left and 
went to Sheer Girl stage. Yeah, Sheer Girl Lugged stage. Lugged gear at Warped Tour for two miles, which is... I know, cool. that was... Yeah, Brad, this was like a flatbed. It was like a truck, and like this thing would like fold down like into like this weird state. It was so small. It was crazy. We helped, we helped like set it up and tear it down. And They've uh, always had a stage like that on Warped Tour. Yeah, like, like the... Third. Kevin says stage. I don't know what they call it. I haven't been in. I haven't either. Years, but this but was like they. I felt like it wasn't like. Well, there were still a lot of stages, but I feel like it got. Then it got even crazier, and then they kind of reeled it back or something. Dude, that was the, the craziest the thing I'd girl. seen at that on Warped Tour. Like people playing it like on the ground was even better. Yeah, yeah. This was like insane. Yeah, it was pretty wild. So you guys did that for a, for a, a while, right? For a few years. Not that stage. Not that stage. But the Warp Tour, oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, every year it got progressively better. It was, yeah. It was cool. So, like, the next year was, like, kind of the better side stages, and then the next year was the main stage, and then from there, I think it was... I don't. I think it was a pretty significant jump each year. Yeah. That's cool. Growing up on Warp Tour, that's pretty bizarre. Yeah, it was <laughs> weird, you know, because I think most people would be like, that's awesome, but I didn't really, you know... I did. I was really young, and I didn't party or just wasn't my thing. So I was just kind of hanging out, and everybody was stoned and drunk and nailing yeah. chicks. And I was just like, "Cool, <laughs> go like have a coke, and try to get catering, and just get chubby, and all good." Like, yeah, yeah. I, I uh, yeah, you came on tour with us. Yeah, so I came on tour with them. This was like that was a few years later. A few though. years later, this was this was like on the riot tour, I think. Which must have been like 2004, yeah. maybe something. No, no, no. That no, was like that 2007. Was 2007, yeah. yeah. You're right. So, oh, <laughs> see you later. Uh, and I did this ride towards doing a cover story on Paramore for Alternative Press. And they were like, you're going to you're gonna do And they flew me to California. And it was at the Warfield, which is this like super sketchy. Like, yeah. It was a really nice And there venue. was like those, the, those people like taking craps out of our bus outside our bus yeah thing. and like people so were like wild. selling crack outside the bus <laughs> literally crack and craps yeah crack and, craps. and i was on i rode with them for a few days and they were on tour with the starting line and so like cartel or something i don't the know almost, the I almost the almost okay like Aaron Gillespie's band. and i was telling zach the other day i never told them but i it was the best setup for me because i would go the starting line were like huge stoners and they had this volcano vaporizer in the back lounge of their bus, so I would get, like, super stoned with Kenny and those guys. And then I'd go on the Paramore bus where they didn't have any drugs or alcohol, but they had tons of candy. <laughs> so much candy. And yeah, like, the truth comes out. Uh, yeah. It always does. And so I'd be like, all right, guys, let's talk. And then it was just like, I'm just, like, just shoving candy down my throat. And then, like, they were so yeah, good. Oh, I'm getting good at this stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I remember, like, the real controversial part of that story was, like, you got to find out, like, Haley and Josh dated at one point. And it was, like, such a big deal. Right. And I had to get it. And then, like, you look back at that stuff now, I was like, who, like, I can't believe anyone cared about that. It's crazy how that, like, it's so funny. Um, Yeah, music. There's so much to talk about. But then there's, like, one job for you. Totally, totally. And I'm like, this is the thing I want to talk about the the least out of anything, maybe in the world. (laughs) Yeah, it's like, literally anything else. Especially when you're, like, happy, stoned, eating start burst or something yeah i don't know what you're having but you guys yeah I, all i remember was like doing those shows uh going to i remember you guys were really into cheesecake factory yeah i remember yep. you we did some weird thing at like a cell phone store and like dude yeah jeremy was... had like the wrong brand phone and pulled it out or something or yep. like there was like a lot of Sounds like just right. random stuff that happened i remember that place it was really weird it was yeah. like all white on the inside and really we came through the back door 
yeah, played dude. an acoustic thing. Yeah. Gosh, that's so weird. Do you remember that? Yeah. And then, so then eventually so you and your brother left and you, you get, I mean, the, the people that played in Paramore between you were not very good. I mean, Josh Free is a pretty bad drummer. Yeah. Um, they kind of got the worst guys. Yeah. Yeah. Ruben. yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. That must have They're been. They're like D grade. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, imagine, man, like how I've, um, yeah. Taylor was like, man, we playing our album because people know that i'm dude yeah that. so basically so in case people don't know like yeah they posted a photo taylor and Haley and i are dating now yes <laughs> <laughs> they're in a three-way relationship yeah that's how we started it's, it's good <laughs> uh but yeah you posted some photo or someone posted a photo of you hanging out and that everyone started freaking Haley, out well that, on the paramore thing yeah yeah and so you're playing on the paramore record yeah but, which is you've played on everyone except the last one right yeah that's right yeah so that was kind of, I mean, it was just... How did that sort of come together? Well, um, you know, like, I quit touring in 2010 with them and kind of quit the band. And I just wanted to do my own thing for a while. And I, like I said, I dropped out of school, you know, to be in that band. I didn't really know what I wanted to do. Most people were like, man, this is so cool. You probably always wanted to do this. And I was like, when I was at the age where people were just like, man, I want to be like a fireman. Like I was like on tour, you know? <laughs> so I was like, yeah, I think I do, but I, I needed like time to figure it out. So it kind of was tough for a while because we were all really good friends. And I think that's just with anything like losing someone that you, you know, love and a good friend that's not playing anymore. is a hard thing, but it was really the coolest thing is that Taylor and Haley and I are like better friends than we've ever been. And so Taylor and I live down the road from each other in Nashville and, He's even played some shows in Half Noise with me on guitar because I don't really have like a set band. And yeah, it just kind of was like after rebuilding our friendship and just we have the same group of friends. It was like kind of we kind of was always running into each other and it was kind of like, all right, we need to. So one day we just like went on a drive and talked through everything and hugged it out. And it was like, it's been better than it's ever been from then. And same with Haley. So he was like, man, I know this is kind of weird, but would you ever want to like play on our album? And I was like. I'd love to, man. Like, and so he showed me the songs, and it's kind of like effortlessly happened. You yeah, know? yeah. So it's been really cool. It's really, I'm really thankful. Not many people get like those kind of second chances in life, you know, to not only be friend. Like, that's awesome. The, the the I mean, most important thing to me is that we're friends again. You know, because yeah. it's like I I really care for those, especially those two people you know and josh is always going to be my brother and i love him forever totally. so no matter what we go through we'll always be family but they felt like family but like i wasn't sure if i'd get them back kind of thing yeah, you know? yeah and totally, so it's a really totally. cool redeeming kind of story and then having tons of fun playing there's no weirdness anymore no yeah. it's just all laughs and good times it's really cool and it's so funny because i still think of <clears throat> taylor as like the new guy in the band i know <laughs> <laughs> he's in the van for like he 10 stepped years. up man and yeah. he's done like such a good job he wrote like a bunch like the whole last album yeah that's amazing wrote this whole album. he's really like taken on like this leadership role and he's really like, stepped up and he and hey they have a really cool and the stuff sounds awesome so of course they're just really Haley's so freaking talented man so like the best singer yeah it's weird i saw them like a couple years ago at, like hammerstein here and i was like oh they're like a real like i was like she's like a real front woman like yeah like i was like this is like bigger than life or something like i was like yeah was no like, she totally grew in not like in height but in yeah in performance grew in yeah too. it's really crazy to watch yeah like, i feel like i get nervous like 
ordering a pizza or something. I know. Like, and she uh, commit. Like, yeah, I mean, she's like so. Cool. She but she walks in the studio, dude, and she just like she's so relaxed. She's like, you know, like how Tyler is right now, really happy, really, like quiet, and just kind of sitting there. And then she starts singing. And it's like okay, like she's a she can, she's the artist. Like yeah. we're just all like trying to figure it out. What I'd, I'd imagine <laughs> like for you too, like having played drums. I mean, when did you start playing drums? When I was nine. I mean, yeah. I didn't. I, I was like, well, eight, professional at nine. <laughs> I mean, I just like started like hitting around possum pants yeah. at my house when I was like nine. I mean, that so. must be for you. It must be so second nature just to like. It was. It is, man. Yeah. And I, I really feel like drumming is like, like kind of, I would, I want to, I don't know how you say it. Like, I guess what I'm best at, I guess. I, yeah. I don't know. I, wouldn't, I don't know if gift or something. I don't know what that even means. But it's your calling, man. Yeah, man. It's your calling. You got your, you got your 10,000 hours. Makes you an expert. Yeah, that's, that, what, it, that's that, what it is. That's uh, what people say, yeah. I don't know if I've done 10,000 You definitely have. Have I? Yes. Okay. For sure. So I'm an expert. <laughs> that sounds so lame. Um, <laughs> no, yeah. I'm, uh, yeah, it is, man. I just like, but I mean, like you said, going in there and like, playing after josh josh freeze and alan rubin and the only thing i had going for me is taylor's like man after all that you're still my favorite drummer and yeah so that was really cool that i was like cool. dude i'm i can't play like those guys you can't do everything you want you know and there's even a drum part where he, it was like an offbeat i had to keep the offbeat with my left hand and do the beat with my right hand and i was like honestly dude if you just like if we don't do that i'll play it better and it's just like, I can't do everything, yeah, you yeah. know? Like, I'm not like, dude, I, got, I actually, like, went in there and killed it. It's like, some things are still, like, not, I'm still not, like, the best drummer in the world. But I think what I have to offer is, like, why I really relate, uh, related and still relate to, like, my friend Zach Land, who plays for Jimmy World. It's not, like, the most complicated stuff. It's why Ringo is, like, one of my favorite drummers. It's like, even the Beatles have said he's not, he's not even the best drummer in the band. You know, it's like, yeah. you know what I mean? It's like, there's so many fills. It's like... I, I love I'm like driving my car I was listening to it while I was walking over here and it's like da, do, da, do, da, do, do, do. And it's like he's just like stumbling downstairs but it's like uh, I don't know something about his personality and the way he like he's such a musical drummer and I think that that's what I relate to and I feel like it's my strong suit so that's why I was like you know I can't do all the technical crap but I can bring some heart and some you know some some diversity maybe you know to well it's you know it's as long as you're keeping the beat you know, then there's yeah. room for like, because with any instrument, if you look at the most iconic people, whether it's drummers or guitar players, like they're not always, you take them, if you take them out of the band that they got famous in, mm. like Ringo's a great example, Keith Moon's a great mm. example, like those guys couldn't have played another, you know what I mean? Like yeah. they, they had a certain like flavor that just worked with the, yeah. with the band. Yeah. And like, same with like, uh, I mean, there's so many drummers. There's so many drummers that get pointed out that, like, in historically, that you put them in any other band and they mm. probably would have just failed, or at least not been, or at least not been these icons. Mm. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, what about like Bonham? Right? Isn't that like the totally. isn't that like the 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 holy grail of drummers? Like well, it's hard to see. It's hard to say if you didn't see them like play for right. like <laughs> right. You know. But you also I do Rod Stewart or something. I don't know. <laughs> like you do write something different. Yeah. Right. But I mean, they're very much about their style. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. They're not technical drummers. I mean, Josh Freeze is a great drummer. Can play anything, probably. Right. But, but like, there is like those studio guys that you know that are. Yeah, but that's are, what I would consider him. Yeah. To be. And I just like 
but he wouldn't be able to come up with the parts that like Ringo Starr or right. Keith Moon it's because it's almost like a maybe he probably could, but like I don't know, I don't know. I I don't know. I've been around I a lot really of really know. innovative session musicians who I saw perform miracles, and like they fucking couldn't write a song. Mm. Like you know what I mean? So weird, yeah. Like literally, I've had discussions with guitar players that I watched play guitar like upside down and backwards uh-huh. like three times as good as Just I like could players ever play. or something huh? yeah and like they'd sit there and ask me like how do you how do you write a song dude I'm like really you're I asking think me also this? those kind of so people, yeah it's, it's interesting hard for them to play with other people like i think it's very easy to like sit in a room and like shred but yeah, then you yeah, like get yeah. in a room like i always played in bands and then you, i did like a summer thing at berkeley and there were all these guys that were great but they, they weren't used to playing with drummers or bass players oh, so they're really? just still yeah. playing to themselves yeah, almost. Yeah, yeah. yeah so they'd just be like uh and it's like <laughs> yeah but I sort of think what you're saying is, like, it also is important just to be, like, a cool person. Right. Like I feel like a lot of people see me play, and they're like, okay, like, technically you're amazing. And then they're <laughs> like, but they're like, but also, like, you're so fun to hang out with. Right, you know, right. Like, so it's you like, have the whole package. Yeah I, yeah, I have the whole package, but that's very rare. That's really nice. But, you should be thankful. <laughs> but it's sort of more the opposite. Uh, but, yeah, I do think you it's... You suck a, at everything. suck at everything, that's yeah. That's chill. But, uh, but, yeah, I do think it is important. Like you, Especially in a band, like, you're going to spend so much time together. You want mm. someone that not only can play well, but it's, like, easy to hang out with that isn't going to be a fucking pain in the ass. Right, right. I think that's super important. Um, Plus the fact that you, you know, were there at the beginning. It's probably that band has a, you know, you're... It's like you fit in there. You fit yeah, in the yeah. sound, the groove. I mean, I know... We I didn't really skip a beat, too, you know. It's like I didn't really know JMJ or his his crew, Carlos and Mike and the guys that he brought to the studio. And the album's still being worked on, so it's not done. But um, didn't know. But it it was almost like we, Taylor and Haley and I didn't skip a beat, you know. It was right. like they were like, wait. It was kind of weird. It's like, this guy hasn't been here. Because they did their last album. Right. Um, okay. But they... Sorry, I didn't say that, but they you know i didn't play on that right but then there's this so it's really cool because it's also like man there's something that me doing this half noise stuff for the past i would say five years i've been like writing my own stuff but i've been out of the band for six years now and it's just amazing what time away does like i'm so like my my attitude towards it so it's shifted you know i'm like going there every day like super stoked and when i was like 20 and leaving the band you know like i was like man I I just want to like go home and you know well, like I mean it makes perfect sense. Yeah, just bring, I mean I think at any age it would be good. It's if you can if you can get a break from something you're always going to appreciate mm. it more. But at that age it's fucking inconceivable like yeah, it's, that it's you really could tough. stick with it and appreciate it. Like yeah. starting so young Can't, and not knowing Haley's anything done such else. A good job, man. Yeah, like you're really lucky that you got a chance. I, to I, step that's away. how I feel, man. I'm really thankful. Like you know you don't really get second chances like yeah. that, and to be able to do like. <laughs> my own music as well right now and be able to do that it's like the best of yeah. both worlds you know which is so cool and they're super supportive of that and you and you're know. always going to appreciate it more yeah if you can if you can take a step back that's totally for sure true. and not it's kind of like it's taught me to appreciate everything you know even just hanging with you guys talking about you know what i mean before it was like oh i gotta do this this thing and gotta do that you know but now it's like yeah i'm ex- i i have I, I think it's also like age you know it's like when you're younger you're just kind of like oh i just want to like goof off with my friends you know well, yeah think, you need to yeah i mean especially the I age still thing that, has a but... lot to do with it yeah you need to yeah how can it's a, i don't know how you could start a career at fucking what 12 what did you say 12 uh i was 
Uh, 13. 13. Viper Room, like we did some showcases yeah, and, and then stuff out expect there. to just stay fully gung-ho about it for the rest of your life. Like, yeah, it's crazy, I mean, dude. It's cra- I mean, you'd have to step back at some point. Yeah, or you have to like, go crazy man. and have some like public meltdown or something. Yeah, yeah I can't believe Haley's <laughs> done so well. She's like superhuman. It's crazy. She's probably meditate. And or all something. these, all these, yeah, faith or something. You know, like all these, um, you know, um, people. I mean, there's been band member changes and stuff. It's been super hard for her, you know. Yeah, it's totally. been, you know. Um, that's why it's a really cool dynamic to go in and just like see Taylor and her working really hard because, you know, there's been my brother and I and then people before when we were in the band, you know, right. he changes and then Taylor joined and then, you know, now Jeremy's not in their band. And so she's been through a lot, you know, gained a lot of friends, lost a lot of friends throughout this process. And um, people can say whatever they want about it, but she's like strong ass person, you know. Yeah, totally. So, I mean, it's just cool, man. Like, because that's like what I want to do. I want to, I want to be a drummer, and I also want to be a songwriter and, and a performer with my half noise stuff. So it's been really cool. Like, I didn't, you know, starting that young, I, I was like mainly just drumming, you know. And and my brother Josh was, you know, one of the main songwriters with Haley and in the band. And so I didn't. They worked so quickly and so well together that it was it was kind of impossible and i didn't really write a ton then and i i mean i tend to write more indie pop kind of stuff on my own um and so i never really kind of fit into their schedule and they were kind of just going so fast and writing things like i mean josh and Haley wrote like misery business one of the biggest songs like in a hotel room he just like wrote it really quick and they just both they're just like such a cool team and now her and taylor have that cool dynamic but it was just kind of like I didn't really know. And that's what also this time away has been really cool. Cause like I found out that I love writing music and found out what my style is and my voice, but also been able to play on my brother's album, play drums and play with different friends, you know, play so shows. I don't know about Half Noise. Like what, that's your, that's, that's your my project. project yeah. Right? Yeah. So that's what, what I'm doing right now. I can tell you all about it. Cause I did the bio for the Yeah, that's right. <laughs> oh really? Jonah, yeah. take it away. <laughs> Well, it actually came together. No, I'll let you. I'll let you do it. <laughs> no, no. You help me. We'll do it together because I like to hear. It. Well, you play all the instruments, or well, um, it's uh, it's really kind of indie pop stuff. So it's some drum machines and a, and like synth, and it's very like synth heavy, um, upbeat kind of. So it's it's different. Than like a pair of albums. Is it your rentals thing. album? Is that what it is? Uh, the rentals? No, I don't know. <laughs> rentals were good. That was a Weezer. Like, oh, that's cool. Synth, into the rentals. Yeah. synth offshoot. Oh, cool. <laughs> yeah, it was yeah. Matt Sharp's. It was like Matt Sharp's band, uh, and he ended up leaving and doing. You actually would probably like it. It was like very cool. Moog influenced. Like, yeah, kind of. That sounds pop. cool. I need to listen to that. Check it out. But awesome. yeah, it's just a. You know, project I started because I I was like jumping on albums and doing stuff, but I figured out that I really uh, I did an EP with a friend and those paper out guys friends in Nashville, their band. They were like, "Do you want to come open up for us?" And I was like, "I've never sang in front of anybody." And then I I did it and it was fun. And I mean, I'm I wouldn't say I'm like the best singer ever, but I just like it was super fun to do it. And then the songs have just been developing, and I've been like feeling more confident in my voice and where where I like to write and how I like to write and so this new album that I'm putting out in the in the fall 
kind of just came together and i went out to i moved over to new zealand for a couple of years and oh I, wow really? and i, I kind of found my love for that music and my in the half noise project and everything and then came back here and recorded with a friend scotty who's from new zealand lives in la now and then my friend phil um so we just like did it in phil's um bedroom in la and it was like right right in silver lake and just had some like synth stuff and then i went home for a uh, week and a half and played drums on top of like the stuff we had very minimal it's like i'm a drummer i started out drumming but it's very like it's very you know sampled bass and electronics so it's kind of it's like repetitive and so it's weird because it's not really like drum fills here and there. there's like very there's maybe like four or five drum fills on the whole album so it's very different i think people but i, I wouldn't want to write an album that sounds like paramore Right. Unless I was doing that for Paramore. This is your pur- yeah. kind of purging. I, don't, I, I feel so weird when bands like have like a spin, have their own album. And it like sounds a, the same. Yeah, it sounds yeah. like they're just like, oh, you're just the missing piece of that band. Right. Like, you should just write that. That's what was special, but just half of it yeah. is like. Yeah, because it's only yeah. half as good, too. Right, it sounds like right. the band, but only half right. as good. And, yeah. and Half noise is half as good. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, who are some of the bands that kind of inspire you with half noise? Because I imagine it's very different than like the stuff you've been playing. Or is it more like sometimes I feel like I write stuff on my own and I'm like, this doesn't even sound like the kind of stuff I would maybe even normally listen to, mm. but I like it just comes out or something. No, it's definitely stuff I I listen to. Uh, I've been, you know, the, over the past few years, like really, really getting into like talking heads and the Beatles and kind of this old new order and kind of this old new wave kind of, so I don't know, just kind of Tom Tom club and kind of, and then all the while, I mean, the strokes are one of my favorite bands and, um, been listening to a lot of like Tame Impala washed out. I mean, I just kind of the stuff I, I like, you know, blood orange stuff. I'm pretty much like Bushwick crap, you know, yeah. but that's just the stuff I'm... <laughs> Bushwick crap. That's the new, just, the new alternative. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, st- just, I think I almost stepped in Bushwick crap this morning <laughs> on the way here. Yeah, I did too. <laughs> really smelly like trash day or something. But yeah, I mean, honestly, I I just like that style of music. You know, I I like... And then I was getting into a lot of um, Afrobeat stuff, like okay. a, lot, a lot of like um, world music and stuff just makes me really happy and like old reggae um oh sweet gregory isaacs and stuff like that i just love the percussive um element to those you know those artists and those like genres of music so so it was kind of a mix of like this album was like kind of different than it was kind of like what do i like to make and i tried you know because there was that whole being in new zealand it's like really close to australia there's a whole like a tame impala king gizzard and lizard wizard that whole like psychedelic thing i was kind of trying that stuff and i was like i don't play guitar like i don't i'm not gonna go on stage and like you know put a phaser on but i i missed kind of like some riffs and stuff like that and that like the strokes have and stuff but mixed with kind of the i don't know beats and synths of other albums and stuff i like so i just try to kind of make something i would listen to i would so and yeah, sometimes I write and I'm like, I don't even know where that came from. But I feel like the album that I'm putting out is is all a complete thought and kind of sounds similar and it came from that. So did you record it mostly in Tennessee or in California? Um, it was half and half, half and really. Half. Yeah. The way I write is I use Logic and it's like a Apple's recording program. Program sounds like a... 
I'm I'm a uh, member the- of this program, <laughs> <laughs> very elite. And um, so I uh, yeah I kind of I build tracks through that. So it's kind of almost sounds like what I want it to sound like by the time I go record it. So I went to L.A. with the songs about sixty five. 70% done. And then we just re-recorded vocals, finished lyrics and added like colored on it, you know, guitar and Scotty played guitar and Phil plays keys for Foster the People, so he really good at dialing and synth sounds and stuff like that. So we pretty much just like produced it together and you know, finished it there. Was it, was it hard to know sort of when the album was finished? Like when you're doing it that way, I feel, I feel like especially people you know, like you can always add more stuff or double stuff. Yeah, yeah, totally. I I don't know. We just worked really well together. And I only had, I'd only like booked three weeks okay. there. And then I, or like two and a half weeks. And then we weren't finished. So I, I did go home and I played some drums on it in my house. And then it's really kind of minimal micing stuff. It was really cool. And then, um, flew back and just did another week so i i kind of had the plan what i wanted before i went out there and just took a little bit longer but it was kind of like we knew well we just worked really well which is really lucky because i'm really proud of it and i think it came together really well and yeah it was just kind of i did it wasn't like should we there's always like there's always like I hate that in recording, like taking too long and second guessing. And yeah, I feel like if it's fresh, it's fresh. Even if it's not, and well, are you able to be like? Because one, I think that's a awesome way to work. Because I find that like, you know, the most creative stuff is often it just like it just comes out, you Mm. know, and you need to kind of capture it. That's definitely how I work as well. So it's like that's I'm suited that. My personality suited. I don't think that's everybody's personality though. Some people are more like yeah, they need to take time. And I've learned from that because that different people just like, like even just seeing how, you know, the Paramore producer works on this album. And I'm just observing more now because I'm kind of doing that stuff on my own. I co-produce this out my album with my friends. So it's like, I'm, I'm, I'm not in that seat anymore. I'm just right. watching how other people do it. And it, it is worth like focusing on this part in this. But yet I just think, especially my album was, it was there since it was kind of 75%, 70% done, it was kind of like, oh, you kind of can get, that. it was kind of the structure was almost there. We just well, needed to kind of finish So that's it. kind of my question is like, because you kind of built the most of it yourself, hmm. like, were you then like able to not be precious? Like, were there things where they came in and said, listen, this part's not working or like maybe even the song shouldn't be on the album? Because that's the one thing about working by yourself is a lot of times you just can't right. see. You can't be objective. You can't not. It's not only even so objective, hard to, it's isn't like, it? It's like a baby. You know? I just trusted them. We went out. I went. What happened was I went out to L.A. and I I wrote a song with them and the two guys. And I was like, I don't even know what this is going to be for. And it, it, it was like so fun. It's like the second track on the album. And I loved it. And I was like, every go-to Phil had and everything that Scotty was you know pitching in it was just like perfect team right. and so i went out there with like 13 songs and i was like i played them what i thought which is really close to the track listing of the album now right and i played them the demo version and and they they were they were like i just feel like we need like i feel like you need one more upbeat song and i was like oh well, what about this and it was like 
and that was it. And so every song made made the cut. Yeah, almost. They, they just yeah. help you flesh out. They were just like they were like we're just the only they had some stuff. They're like we can work on all this stuff. It just some of them are, and a lot of it is mid tempo and kind of you know kind of groovy or whatever. So it did need some you know up and down. Right. Well, then it sounds like someone broke your heart, which must have really helped with the yeah. lyric writing process. Yeah, it was kind of the same consistent theme, you know? <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, and that was a long time ago. Oh, yeah. She did. She did a good job at that. So, yeah, it was pretty, it was kind of, yeah, like I was telling you, glorified breakup album. I mean, not even glorified, just, it was. It's just, you know, the first song, Know the Feeling. Just, you know, it's like pretty much just all about the feeling and how that feels and what it's like to... Yeah, but that's like such a relatable feeling, too. Like, everyone's sort of been through that. So I feel like when yeah. you hear that, you can always like put yourself in that. Yeah, and I, I, it's, I don't... It's so funny. I love just like laughing and being like upbeat. And yet when I write, it's some, it's really hard for me to like think happy. I don't know. Maybe it's my, it's really therapeutic for me. So I guess that I, I tend to write, I tend to write more moody and more feelings based kind of songs. And I guess, in, especially in the lyrical content, which is so funny because this album is the most dancey and upbeat stuff that I've done. And I've been even writing more upbeat stuff since the album and yet but it was like upbeat with substance i guess because i didn't want it to be like oh yeah let's go out you know <laughs> but just kind of this the music kind of carrying it through like this sucks and my heart is broken and but it's kind of like the music's carrying it through and in, in a weird metaphor that's yeah. how it helped me at least it's like i love that's kind of my i think the coolest thing and i think i probably told you this channel was like my roommate i showed him all the songs when I got back from LA and he had been hearing me like write it when I was um, in Nashville because his bedroom's two down from mine and I blare the crap out of <laughs> my speakers and it's just like they hear the same line over and over again but he does the same thing so it's like um, we kind of just all write music and turn it up but he was like man the coolest thing about this album is it feels like I'm hanging out with you and I was like wow. that's that's awesome because I it's you know I want to be upbeat and but I also want to like have a good conversation. You want to tell yeah. the story, man. Yeah, yeah. So that was a really cool thing, and I feel like is really. I, I put an album out last year, and that one was cool. I did it in New Zealand. That was an awesome experience, and I'm really proud of it for that experience. But this one, I feel like I'm really learning how to write and complete thoughts and and finish my ideas quicker. And I guess that's what helped as well with um, how kind of effortless the album was because it kind of i needed this thing to, i think what also helped is i kind of limited myself too i wasn't like oh i could do like a could do like a Beatles song here and i could do an elvis kind of sounding song you know it's just kind of like this is what i'm going to use i'm going to use this drum machine that i really like and then play on top of it i'm going to use this juno and this hoffner bass i have three strings on and just limit myself to that yeah that i mean that's that's how you get creative like with any medium yeah limit yourself when as soon as you've got unlimited you know resources and instrumentation and you're kind of you're fucked yeah yeah <laughs> all these people and especially in nashville like oh you heard of this thing and this thing and i'm like dude i honestly have sound toys and archeria plugins for like the old vintage synths and i have a juno and then even sometimes they use the logic apple sounds like yeah. that they have no i mean because i think that's i mean true. the great thing about limiting yourself is like you know, you're going to you're gonna write two or three songs. You're going to use those instruments. 
you're going to be happy with it. And then for number four, you're going to be like, you know, fuck, I'm really getting sick of this Juno sound. Yeah. So what are you going to do? You're going to put it like through a fucking guitar pedal. Mm-hmm. You're going to do something to make it sound different. And like, you're going to end up with a sound that doesn't sound like but, anything But then else. it sounds like an album. It's so weird now. It's like, you'll hear, excuse me. I think I just burped. Um, this like, it's allowed. <laughs> this, this day and age is people like writing with a bunch of different people. Right. Yeah. And then you like hear an album. And it doesn't sound like the whole album. It just it, like this song doesn't sound like it's not coherent, not coherent and cohesive. Yeah. It's like just oh, it sounds. I I what I was one thing I was really proud of with this album is that it sounds like I feel like it sounds really consistent, you know, and it sounds like the same album, right. you know. And I really yeah. wanted to have that. Well, I think that's like a problem. I, and we talked about this with someone, and maybe asked you from high when she was on. But like, I have a real problem with pop music just because I think it's just like. I know people have always written out, you know, people wrote Frank Sinatra songs and stuff. Yeah, I don't think yeah. you have to write something, but I feel like when you're just hiring or the Elvis same, never or wrote Elvis, one song. Totally. But I feel like it was different. Like, I feel like when you're just hiring these teams of people and like, they're just writing your stuff and you're almost like, oh, let's find someone with a good voice with good genetics and have them be yeah. like the voice of this. To me, there's something disingenuous and maybe I'm just bitter because I've written my own songs and no one has cared that much. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm like, at least I would rather do that. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, and if it happens, it's genuine. Yeah. And and that's like one thing I love about the Paramore guys. They've never co-written with anybody. And with me, I've written with friends that's pretty amazing. that I brought in. Yeah. And I just, I'm not, I don't, it's always felt weird to me. I love Elvis, but I also think that back then, it was the, just the only way that it was done. Yeah, right, that right. was totally different system. It was totally, totally different system. Totally. It wasn't oversaturated like it is now. Yeah. But it was inconceivable. Like that's the thing is that people don't realize that like it, you were a singer, you were a songwriter, a performer, you were a yeah. drummer. Like never were you two of those things together. Right. Like hardly ever. And it's just it, that's what people don't realize is that it just wasn't. It wasn't part of the mindset then. Like, songwriters wrote songs. That's right. what they fucking did. And, like, if you started writing songs, they all get pissed. Right. <laughs> crazy. I tried you know to I mean? write something about Beyonce for, I think it was for Vice or something. Because, <laughs> like, everyone was, like, something had happened. And I was, like, everyone's like, giving her, and I was, like, there were, like, 17 people wrote this song. Like, what did she do? And, like, I hit my dad and they're, like, you can't write anything bad about Beyonce. They're, like, if you do it, like, people are going to, you don't understand. Like, you literally, like. It's what, not she's off it. limits sort of Fuck i can't remember who told me this, but they were like <laughs> okay. literally she has so many Queen fans B. and they love her so much that anyone writes anything critical like they will just like come down it's kind of cool though i mean <laughs> I, I, I don't know just in case she ever heard this yeah it's cool she actually yeah. she subscribes to the podcast yeah she yeah, listens cool. to every episode she's, she really wants to come on but i'm like it doesn't really fit like you have to, we'll get one of your writers yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. we're trying to keep it real man. but yeah i think it's cool to like to do your own thing i mean i don't know that's just my pro but i think it's kind of the same like coming from like punk rock and that world you're kind yeah. of used to yeah i used to doing that but also like i've found that i do work better with other people especially yeah. to bring it to like the finish line like I'm so, I, I i start a new idea if i'm home i like to write every day i love writing music do you write now. it like a certain t- like when you wake up or in the afternoon or just kind of whenever yeah i mean i well, i kind of like set aside time for this album like kind of after i'd have coffee i just like make coffee like walk in and just start making music and kind of be in there all day i was so excited to do it that i was so like dedicated i didn't feel like it was like oh, i gotta turn yeah. this in just like i couldn't wait to do it you know and that's what was so exciting because having that outlet as well has made me like going to drum or do something like that that's like it's so fun because i'm not like oh, i wish i was doing because i am doing 
I'm expressing expressing myself artistically in this other way, and I'm, that void is kind of filled that I didn't really even know I had or needed to fill. So I just like I've been so pumped and so especially like figuring out like what I like to write, and I feel like this new album is the first step of that really and it's taken me a few tries you know but this is definitely the i feel like it's like the first step into what half noise is gonna be you know and i've even written like songs i like just as much if not more than that are on the album which is really encouraging because after you write a whole album or, or or at least a big batch of songs you kind of feel like well, how am i ever gonna write even if it, even if it's yeah. like not good or something right that sounds like oh gosh i gave everything out but i mean i've had these thoughts i would like listen back to stuff and be like man how did i come i was just like writing a bunch so it just kind of came out it's like man how am i ever going to do that again and it just like it's it hasn't gone away which is cool and i've just been writing with different people and and since i've been waiting for the album to come out i've been like writing film and tv stuff just because i love writing music so um yeah it's it's cool because i've sometimes i'm like how am i ever gonna write another song because like the next four ideas are like pretty terrible you know <laughs> totally and then it's like oh cool this next one well you could this break up good. with somebody again well, yeah i honestly feel <laughs> like that stuff, that stuff helps and yeah. then we'll break up and i'll have a ton of <laughs> I have a couple. <laughs> I got a brag It is feeling. the hardest thing is to write um, happy songs that are yeah. good. I mean, you could write a happy song, but to write a happy song, an upbeat happy song that's good that people actually want to hear is do you mean probably happy the most with difficult like, thing. Do you think happy? Do you mean happy with like like the lyrical song content being happy? Yeah, like, like not that song based happy. in heartbreak. Yeah, yeah because <laughs> literally the words are yeah happy. Yeah, I mean that is a good yeah, example. It is, it is yeah, so yeah. you never hear like a love song anymore, really. You know what I mean? It's like, I don't, you don't hear, you typically don't. You mean like an upbeat love song? Yeah. Right. It's just like, it's normally like a heartbreak or, yeah. it's, you know, it's just I mean, easier what, to write, I guess. Well, I it also serves the purpose. I mean, music is here. Or it's hip hop, which it's is kind about. kind of what music is for is to help us through heartbreak, right? I mean, yeah. when has it most been the most point? When, when has other people's records meant the most to you? It's when you're down, man. Like, yeah. That's when, like, when I think back to the records that I used to just play over and over again, like. It was usually when I was either like, you know, sad and depressed teenager or had broken up with somebody, yeah. you know, like, so like, there's a reason it's not just, it's, it's easier to write those songs too, because you gotta into, get it yeah. out, but it's also easier to listen to those songs. When you get into lyrical content, like I like, you know, Matt from the national and, you know, I feel like Tom York on this last Radiohead album was the most, one of the most like, um, kind of direct one of the more direct albums for him i feel like is like oh really i feel like that way like most of the time it's like i don't know what that crap he's saying like it's yeah. just like <laughs> yeah, yeah this sounds rad I, they're one of my favorite bands well i think you guys have always had sort of cool taste in music like even i remember when i was on the road with you guys like like you guys would always want to talk about like failure yeah or like jimmy world and all these bands i was like really like you guys like i i can't believe you guys know who these bands are yeah, You're so young made like and then the music was very like upbeat and pop or like sunny day real stuff. estate. Like, yeah, cover. that's where we, like that's wow. what we grew up on. You know, Jeremy Munich was huge, like Fire Theft, all the stuff he did, and Failure. And then they had Ken Andrews, who's a singer of Failure, um, mix their last album, which is oh crazy. really I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah, it's crazy. So, I mean, how did you guys get? Did you get exposed to that through your older brother? Yeah, or? it was well. Uh, we went to this um, private school. And a bunch of those 
people just like had cool older siblings as yeah. well and they just like listened to radiohead cigarettes you know so they did real estate and then there was other people there that were like into 311 and sublime and all the really good music like the chili brothers <laughs> they're not the chili peppers they're the chili brothers chili bros red hot chili brothers and you know so it was like a pretty diverse school but yeah. i mean it would i mean you could there are people listening to like incubus as well as like an obscure band like moon from iceland yeah it was just like such a weird i guess like private school kids yeah just no, like studying up about it yeah i was just listening to like no effects and like bad religion I feel yeah like and like the misfits or something in high school Haley came from more like she listened to like i think she really started listening to like in sync and stuff like that i mean when i was young i was listening to like hansen yeah and then we like went to this school and then we all kind of just started diving into cooler music death cat for cutie was cool you know it's like totally. um just all that I would love, my favorite thing was like making mixtapes for people or mix CDs. I didn't make tapes, but that's why I love Spotify. Like I love making the playlists on there. Yeah, it feels so like fun. that kind of. Totally. I mean, do you, do you ever jam with your brother? Cause I work with my sister and I feel oh, like, yeah, cool. yeah, we do this web series together. And it's like, I feel like when we write, it's like we have sort of the same sense of humor. That's a lot awesome. Of time. I mean, do you, do you ever just like jam with Josh or like, do you miss playing with him or? Yeah. I, it's been it was it's weird you know like going in the studio and that was the first time that i'd played with him without him well he was getting married one tour and then he was okay. there but other than that it was all the time with him since i was younger it's even the reason i was able to go on tour was because my older brother was there so he was your guardian kind of yeah but he was like 16 oh. so it's like <laughs> it's just not really that guardian old. In um spirit yeah <laughs> So yeah, we, I honestly, like since I played on his album, I haven't really played with him because I've been doing my own stuff and yeah. recording and he's he did a tour, but I was recording my album and stuff. So yeah, I think we'll, I mean, I think we'll always play music together, but totally. like we, when we both left the band, we were kind of trying for a while to, you know, make a new project and it just, things weren't lining up and we kept trying, kept trying. Then we're like, we're just going to do our own things for a little bit. So yeah was kind of a natural progression but um yeah we it's like you just kind of have a chemistry with your family that you don't really have um for good or and bad yeah yeah <laughs> sometimes it's really good sometimes it's bad and even in different seasons it's good well i feel like bad. i can be more critical like not more critical but like you don't have to have as many filters i can be like mm. i don't like this idea right Whereas, like if it was someone else i'd be like well what about this I'm right like, i'm just right. gonna say what i think well the other thing is like josh and i never really um wrote together um because he always kind of wrote with Haley, and and then i kind of came up with the drum part so we kind of all had our place right um so now when we left the band when we'd write it would be kind of like i kind of write and i hadn't like figured out yet how i like to write what i was kind of like what i did so when we tried to write a little bit i was kind of not like ready or something yeah or like we don't i don't even know if we really write kind of the same music um i'm sure we could or figure out something to write but yeah it's just been i've been so focused on half noise stuff then drumming you know that been kind of busy and he he's been writing and, and doing his own he has this band that's called pharaoh it's our last name so okay um yeah we haven't uh been jamming in a while but uh, like we have such a big family 
our, all of our, you know, I've been teaching my little brother how to use logic and nice. It's like, we're all really close. We're all kind of doing our own things right now. Yeah. So that's good. Yeah, it is cool. But I mean, there's no telling when, I mean, I played on his album. There's no telling when we'll link up for something else or, but that, yeah, that one band just, just like could never really figure it out. So you're kind of like, okay. And that's when I moved to New Zealand and, and started kind of just figuring out what I do. So what do you think about a lot of people from New York moving to Nashville? Yeah. A lot of people, I feel like it's almost like becoming like, the new, used, yeah, when I was telling you how much I loved it, you sounded a little bit like, new, it's like the new Austin. And I feel yeah. like I have some friends and they all, they're all like, dude, we bought houses, but it, they're also like, it's not, they're also like, there's really bad areas of Nashville. Like there's good areas. So did it's you, changing. you didn't grow up there, right? Well, I grew up 30 minutes 20 minutes south in Franklin. Okay. I mean, has it changed a lot? Has a lot of people coming down there? Do you think day, it's like man. too yeah. much? Like, it's a bunch of people moving from LA right. um, or California and, well, really all over, but. Especially music industry people. Like, yeah. I feel so, like, it's funny now. Like, like I talked to Anthony from Bass. Like, all these people yeah, I are. Yeah, I see him around. Like, a room yeah. from Saves the Day. Like, all, all these dudes oh, are really? just there I, now. I, yeah. Yeah. Um,. Yeah, we. I mean, we grew up there, so maybe that's why you don't think it's so awesome. Yeah, well, yeah, of course. It, and, well, I, there, you know, and I'm sure, part, I'm sure parts of it are cool. Like you're like, oh, we have this cool coffee shop now. This wasn't here. Yeah, that stuff's awesome. Like, there's a lot of cool restaurants and cafes and stuff like that, and cool things to do. There's more like art, more artists moving there, but it's still pretty behind you know it's like kind of developed from like the country people right. you know and so it's like oh, country music and but yet there's a cool like garage rock scene and indie rock scene and punk scene i mean there's they're just small and there's like east nashville is very like hipster and cool and where a lot of the artists move and a lot of people from like la um and then there's and then there's the uh you know the really I don't know, rich part of Nashville, you know, kind right, of like right, bunch right. of school? white white people and right. big cars and, you know, large houses. So it's still kind of like still growing, you know, and, and it's changing a ton, which is awesome. But the thing is, man, it's never, you, you really like people come and visit. Like I was saying with two friends yesterday from that live here now and or they've been here for a while and they come down to Nashville for music a bunch and they were just like, man, Nashville's like so far behind and like they just <laughs> love New York and stuff. So that's why I was like, oh, you do? Because like, uh, they're, they're yeah, love- maybe if I had to spend more time there, I would change. But I think, you know, I think part of it, well, first of all, I just love the romance of the studios. Yeah, that's cool. It's the they're- only place in the world that still has these amazing recording studios mm-hmm. and tons of them. Yeah. But I think also, I mean, when I was, you know, I was touring 20 years ago. That's when I used to, mm. and that's when I was in bands and touring. And like, you never, we, you never hung out in Nashville. You played, you, you play a show maybe and then move on because there was literally yeah. nothing but country music there. Right. Nothing. There right. was nobody there. Right. Like there was no scene. There was no reason to hang out. There was no fucking place to eat, you know, like. Right. And now that I've gone back, it's like. There's like, I mean, when we did this studio down there, I mean, we had like every, we had hip hop. We had an amazing young hip hop artist. We had fucking really cool, like kind of psychedelic band. Like we just had this awesome mix. Yeah, that's awesome. And like, it seems like it's got this really healthy music scene. It does. It does. And it's it's 
gift and a curse. I mean, people would like everybody plays music, so you're like right. super self conscious well, to play well, music. Yeah. Yeah. You know? I know, I am. <laughs> but I feel like the caliber down there is like so like Yeah, the guitar people player are caliber is insane. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you yeah. fucking. Like, I feel like I went pumping. into guitar. I went to a guitar store there and like picked up a guitar. I was like, I don't even want to play in front of no, these no, people. No, I'll no, just no. take it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> dude. The guy well, pumping your gas in Nashville <laughs> is better than the best guitar player in Williamsburg. Probably, <laughs> probably. I don't know. It's scary. But um, the thing is, man, I've, I've, you know, spent a bunch of time out in L.A. and I've spent some time here, not as much, but. And the thing that I'll say that Nashville has. And this is what we kind of like all of our friends tell everybody is like, we don't have all the coolest spots. We don't have like the most amazing weather like LA. But what we have is like on any given night, there's like good people hanging out. And like we have like the best people and the best hangs. Like, and I feel like when you move away, you and like, it's really hard for like people to do the opposite of what people are doing, like moving there. It's really hard for people to move from Nashville because they're like, Okay, I'm in LA and this is rad, but everyone's busy till LA's Friday. Not rad, let me tell you. <laughs> I, I love it. I love. I've like just it's a great place to visit. Yeah, my, I have a good friend from New Zealand that lives there, and a couple of good buddies from New Zealand that live there. So maybe that's why I like it. It's a, lot. a great place to visit. Yeah, I Be- love visiting. I moved there once. And I felt the same way you did before I moved, and I moved there. And I was like, "Fuck, this is boring." Well, maybe it's easier here too because you. But it's still like, oh, I gotta go into the city or whatever yeah. people are saying from my friends that live in bushwick and it's just kind of like any given point uh, you can like kind of drive it's like 15 minutes maybe yeah. is the most in nashville 10 minutes right and so it's you're like at town. your friend's house and it still is that small town thing yeah so um yeah it's really nice to like that's what it'll, i mean no matter where you go it's it's gonna be hard for anybody to move from there because our especially our friend group is just like so amazing you know, and you just like any given night, we're all together and even married couples. And it's really cool. It's really, really special. And I haven't been anywhere that has that. Um, but that's also because I don't know every friend group in every city. But right. it just feels like you go to Melbourne, Australia, and it's like, I'm like, man, let's hang out, you know, get a coffee. Normally, that means like right now. Yeah. And they're like, cool, I'm free next Thursday. Are you still in town? Yeah. <laughs> I feel that. See, I, that's LA. I feel that way. That's I feel LA like that too. Here too though. I feel like I have so many friends there that I, I like and want to hang out with, and I'm like, we should you hang gotta out plan sometimes. It. And then I like don't see them for like a year. You got to plan it. And then they have a kid, and I'm like, oh, you're basically I'm never. I'm never going to see, see you. you. Yeah. Nashville, it's like it's almost the opposite. It's like I don't want to go to this coffee shop. I know this person hangs out there. Yeah. And you're just like you well, know they're going to be there every the day. That's the curse of the small. Town. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So it's like, but it's also you t- I, I would take having really good friends. I still think I want to travel, even if it's like visit or live for a little bit in california just because i love it but maybe just like visit for a little bit longer than you know a normal couple weeks i mean but you're right it's so it's hard to live there and like my friend well coming from new york i think maybe it's my friend steph yeah scotty's wife who I'd, he'd come to the studio with me and his wife would drive an hour to work and yeah, an hour yeah. back it's two crazy. hours in the car a day and her back would hurt. No, and they all just accept it. Like, yeah, that's the norm. She so, works so hard, comes home, works overtime. It's crazy. I'm just like, dude, this is this is wild. <laughs> like people, they just they do that, you know. But Nashville's cool. You guys got to come back and yeah. Oh, okay. we're gonna come soon. Yeah. We're gonna crash with you. Yeah, yeah. Please, awesome. I got a, cool. I got a house. Perfect. All right. That was Zach and going off track. Um, Zach and going off track. 
going off Zach. <laughs> uh, you can check out the Half Noise uh, album. It's available now. Sudden Feeling. Sudden Feeling. Get into it. Sounds um, good. I listened to it. Yeah, it's on, cool. Uh, the old Spotify. It's definitely different. Different from uh, his his work with Paramore, but really cool. And uh, yeah, if you're into like the Postal Service or any kind of like, just, I don't know, indie stuff, electronic stuff, check it out. Um, you can also catch Zach performing live with Paramore. Um, probably somewhere very big. Um, <laughs> so if you want to go to that, I'm sure. You can figure that out. It's probably there's probably like a search engine. There's probably a search engine. Well, they'll probably direct you to a website. <laughs> um, but yeah, thank you to Zach for coming by. That was really cool. He was just kind of visiting here, and uh, I've been trying to get him to come by for a while. Um, and thank you to you, the listener, for listening to Going Off Track. We've had you're uh, the best. You're the best. We've had a lot of different hosts, a lot of different stuff happen, but we're still here doing this every week. Um, so yeah, if you want to support us, you can donate goingofftrack.com. You can donate there. If you don't want to give us any money, you can, uh, just leave us a nice review on iTunes, tell your friend about it, tweet at us, whatever. We love to hear from you guys. And, uh, yeah, we will be back next Wednesday with, um, another very exciting episode of the podcast. Anything? Is that it, Brad? I miss anything? No, I think, I think that'll be, I think we'll do that. Okay, let's do it. Let's do it. All right. We'll see you next week. Bye. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 